following podcast may contain a shitload of popular profanity. Live from Mighty Trapdoor Mansion, high atop Tent Hill, it's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine, featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Pengrove, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Greenspan, and Cut Cockbirth! And now we talk games! We talk games! Here it comes! Yeah! We talk games! Cool bullshit and energy! It's always rebels on top, baby! But we keep the format anyway! T.T. Schmook is a robot sex bot Stinky stinks so bad he smells We take turns choosing the games that we review Even Mario's Hotel! Come on, characters, nobody likes you! Let desire fuel your confidence! Arcade Review Show. Hey, it happens once a week and it features the We Talk Game crew, Video Power Magazine in effect. We got the full three crew here. I am Wiggly, your one host, Kyle Von Kubik on the Skype pipe. Hey. And on the intercontinental, some type of fish tubing that you would use in a pond with a funnel at the end, Johnny Capcom. Hello. There he is. Everybody has been waiting for that hello. <laughs> Famous for his hello. I'm going to do a hello, and you tell me who this is, right? Hello. That would be Eric Alex. That's <laughs> right. My favorite guy of all time, Eric Alex. Bring back Eric. Bring back Eric. Hashtag it. You know, put the hashtag at the end. <laughs> right, let's see what happens there. <laughs> Nothing. I like to hashtag the word hashtag. That's the postmodern hashtag. 100% video game talk, 0% filler. I just got to tell you. Pissing in the urinal anywhere, especially at work or someplace in public, because mm. many people don't have a home urinal. Once you're, I'm going to just give you a little bit of pro player tip on pissing in Please a urinal. Do. Yeah. After you're 40, each year that goes by adds one additional shake. <laughs> it even gets to the point of, excuse the expression, jelking. Because you really got to reach way down almost to your balls and like squeeze like an ooby dooby doll to Did you get piss yourself recently. No, to get oh. every little drop out of there. Well, we'll add to this, all right? It's yeah. A, it's of a double concern if you're a European gentleman like me, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> no. Uh, so I did that. All was good. No more drip. And I was wearing boxer shorts today. I don't wear boxer shorts, but Chizzy accidentally got me boxer shorts. So I had boxer shorts on. It was okay. Put my Peter back in the trousers. All of a sudden, a river of tinkle right down to both shins. So you did piss yourself. Well, right down to both shins. How do you get it to go down both sides when I, you know, I hang to the left? Both sides. What? I think you actually pissed yourself. I did There's no force behind it. I didn't. It was just nasal drip. The anal leakage happening on the on wow. the pecker. Let's not forget Mr. Anale in the booth. There he is. No more right. cease and desist. 
Mr. Honnelly, because <laughs> he's, he's dead. Because I would take no part in shmup timber, mm. and also because I was fired, <laughs> I wanted to review ESP Rod D AD 2018 Tokyo. So yes, three three years away. We're can we be, add another title to that game? Be, or? Yeah, we can. Espo. What would it be? It'd be like Hot Blooded High School Espo Rod D. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, of course, part of the SB Galuda or SB Galuda 2. This was the precursor to all those. So it's ESP, but it's so you don't really know how to pronounce any of this shit. You know, <laughs> should it be Espra.D or should it be Esperade, which it was in the Europe? Because Esperade makes a lot more sense. And ESP Parade? ESP Parade, exactly. <laughs> it might be. There's some this, floating about in the game. So, Oh, man. Is there floating and everything? I can't wait to talk about this game. 1998, Atlas. Developed uh, by Cave. Developed by Cave. It's yeah. a vertical, of course. I think this is the first bullet hell game that we've reviewed. It's the first bullet hell game we reviewed. Except- did we not do Giggling? Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did. You're right. Giggling. That's probably the first one. And we also yeah. did uh, Mahjong. Yeah. Mahjong right. Files. Unfortunately. <laughs> now, wasn't there like a breakout game that was... Well, yeah, it was, because it was made by Sikyo, remember? I said that it really brings a lot of that almost bullet hell in, because when you had all your balls flying around... Oh, Gunbarich. Yeah, Gunbitch. That's right. Yeah. Let's get right into the making mechanics, because I cannot wait to talk about this game. But we'll 1978, to- Space Invaders. <laughs> well, I, that is in here. Actually, I go all the way back to Space War, 1961, okay. for the giant-ass mainframe computer on a radar screen, you could play Space War. Not really, but it was initially a lab only, although it would later be released in the arcade, and also on a calculator. Mm-hmm. When calculators cost $800 a piece, yeah. I guess. One of my favorite 3DO titles is Star Control. Have you ever played the Star Control? No. Oh, man. If you have the 3DO, that's the game to get for two players. If you want to play two-player game, that's it. Because that's the system you have to daisy-chain the controllers to? And that's what you have to do if you want to get your two players. Remember mm. that you link your controller through your controller chain port. I love that. It was great for six-player soccer, I think. <laughs> you know, because you're tripping and you're doing double Dutch bus on your controllers if you got to get up and, uh, and get a pretzel. That was always fun with the 3DO. I think that was very innovative because, you know, essentially you could have one long corded controller and then shorter ones. They never mm-hmm. got that far because, you know, 3DO. Right. But if you do get that, there's a couple great games, Return Fire, and I bring up Star Control. Star Control came out for a bunch of systems, but it's basically an overhauled version of Space War. Except that one of your ships, and I always try to choose the ship before my opponent, when it lets out its bomb, out its back end, it goes... So that is one of the most amazing things. And you have a little gravity, you know, star in the center. And it's basically just asteroids without the asteroids. So you have this gravitational thing in the middle. And then you're just two ships that are going out the ends of the screens and coming Mm. back the other. And you just try to kill each other. And for some reason, that simple mechanic is just really, really fun. And then we do get into Space Invaders in 1978, and of course, Taito claims that that is the first shooter ever. And surely, 
in the United States, it was so popular that they ran out of arcade cabinets in Japan. Right. That's why I mentioned very few people know this because they're not 50 years old, that <laughs> shooters were the staple. You mean of, shmups? No, I mean shooters. <laughs> Big shout out to Adam. Shooters of the shooters were the American staple in the arcades for quite a long time. They dominated it. And what I mean by this is spaceship shooters or missile command even or things like this. Asteroids was 1979, and compared to this game, probably the most realistic origin for it, I believe. And then you have all the Galaxians and the Galagas and the Satan's Hollow and the Before Wars. you go too far away from that, oh. I just want to explore the connection between this game and Asteroids a little bit, because I like that. Because of the increasing speed of the ships moving down on you, but also because right. they drop a lot of bombs on you. Mm. And once you have your your protective walls destroyed, it's essentially a dodge the bullet game or dodge the squiggly lines, as it were. <laughs> yeah. So it's a dodge the squiggly lines game. Now, of course, that's not what's happening in a bullet hell where the entire screen is bullets and it's more like Pac-Man, I think, right. going through mazes, you know. Um, but do you agree with that or... No, I do agree with it. I just didn't think of that because I was trying to think back to the earliest foundation of this game. And I was thinking more along the lines of Defender or Stargate Mm. because of the speed. Right. And uniquely, I didn't really name any horizontal games in my making mechanics. Okay. Yeah, and that's the only difference. Right. And those definitely work. Also, I thought you were going to mention Gorf. No, No, Gorf. You know what? I didn't think of Gorf. And Gorf is actually... It's different because you're doing a lot of different things. I don't want to it's think a little, about Gorf. It's a little crazy. Famous for wrecking people's pronunciation of Galaxian, right? Isn't Gorf the four games in one or something? Yes. And I remember the bit in that is Galaxians. Right. And for the longest time, everyone I knew would refer to Galaxian as Galaxians. <laughs> oh, really? None of them would have ever played Gorf, though. I don't know where it came from. Like, you know. Remember all those Tim Conway's Gorf on Dolph? Okay, so eight people got that. Maybe. (laughs) He did this dwarf on golf where he was buried up to his knees and he was supposed to be a dwarf. So he was called Dwarf and he would play golf. And for some reason, this was funny enough for three VHS versions of. (laughs) You know what we weren't back in the day? Sensitive. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, Short people are funny (laughs) When they fall over on their butts Willow more like swallow Am I right? (laughs) Horrible Yeah then again we got Dinky 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 Dootledge What the fuck's his name from King of Thrones? Peter Dinklage Yeah Willow You know they call the little dudes pecs in that movie? (laughs) <laughs> I forgot that, but yes. Yeah, I wonder did they invent a new insult for little people at that point? <laughs> you know, I guarantee there were kids going to school and like just like kids going, yeah, I don't you fucking peck. They worked it was just like, God damn it, like he walks in the street this day, I bet people call him pecks. <laughs> <laughs> Willow, the movie, big influence on this game. <laughs> yes. 
And then you have uh, your Galaxians, your Galagas, your Satan Hollows, your Ozma Wars, etc. Starting from 79, which is really funny. I just want to mention Taito's Lunar Rescue. I don't talk about this game a lot, and I really think this title doesn't get enough credit. It's like a color rasterized version of Lunar Lander, but it's mixed with an asteroid field that you must weave your way through on your trip down. Then your Lunar Lander lands on cliffs that have different point values. And then little guys get into your spaceship. And then your spaceship takes off. And now it's like Space Invaders because you have the Space Invader ships above you. And now your spaceship can shoot because I guess the guy gave him a gun. I don't know. So you shoot your Space Invaders as you try to make your way back up to the mothership. Yeah, I played that a fun spot. It's really a fantastic game, but very simple and really shows the dichotomy, the huge jump in technologies during 1979. You go from asteroids and this lunar rescue to Galaga's and all its patterns and colors and smaller sprites and the details and the animation. And hey, that is galactic dancing. Then you had Xevious by Namco in 1982. I bring this up because you have the ground targets as well. And I'm not sure if that happened in earlier. Well, you mentioned it at Defender, but I can't remember what year Defender was. I think it was before Xevious. I want to say Defender was 80 or 81. Defender was 1981. Okay, so it did come before that. And there you did have ground dish targets. Your people were on the ground and then you had to shoot the aliens that were trying to scoop them up. Yep. Then we had 1984's 1942. <laughs> and uh, TT can try to save that 12 times fast. And, uh, <laughs> that, you know, that was Capcom's first hit. That was their first big game was 1942. That's a great game. Now, I believe this to be the first crazy fill screen bullet title was Batsugan by Toplin in 1993. A lot of people said that it was Don Pachi. Uh, Don Pachi. Dodon Pachi was the sequel to Don Pachi. So Don Pachi is considered the first bullet hell game. However, this Batsugan preceded it. And when Toplin folded, a lot of their developers went to cave. So then they released 1995's Don Pachi. So that's two years later. From then on, the genre was predominantly flooded by cave and psycho, psycho, psycho. I'm sick of trying to say that name. <laughs> And Saturn had many shooters that you could select the game to be in the original vertical format, including Batsugan, in which you would have to turn your TV sideways. And this was very bad for large tube TVs. Between that game and Brian Eno's Vertical Portraits VHS, I had (laughs) the gay pride rainbow flag TV for the rest of the life of that TV. Yes. At that point, the C64's 1084 ST monitors were fetching a pretty penny because they were stereo. They had a 1084 that wasn't an ST that was mono. They had RCA jacks, and it was a true display monitor. You had your slot style tube, your 50 to 60 hertz. It had an accumulated video signal with negative synchronization, and it was awesome. It was awesome to play these games vertically, and I have no idea what I just said or whether or not it stopped the screen from getting fucked up. <laughs> well, you got to go back to the Vectrex then, surely, as well, because that kind of brought the vertical monitor experience home. Yeah, very true. That was, of course, its own game console and all vector graphics. And I didn't really talk about the vector graphics. Uh, I'm trying to think about what 
games might have constituted being a precursor to the bullet hell on the Vectrix. And unfortunately, now I can't think of all this. I think there were like 48 titles. Um, maybe the light pen where you would draw. <laughs> you could well, Asteroids you could draw. was on there, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, no, it wasn't called Asteroids. It was called uh, Space. Ah, fuck me. It was called... Ah, shit. It came with the goddamn thing. It was built <laughs> into like it. the Japanese version. Space, ah, fuck me. <laughs> Space, I cannot fuck up for this. Mindstorm, Mindstorm. That Mindstorm. Came, that came built in. And if you want to make your overlays, look online and you'll make shitty versions of them. But somebody does. <laughs> you have to do like an overhead projector sheet and all this other type of crazy stuff. But it can, it can work. And in 1998, we had uh, Esparade. 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 That's right. And as great as that name isn't, my favorite shooter game name is still 1990s Data West. What? I don't remember Data West. It's the other version of Data East. I thought Data East's other version was Namcot. They did the stuff with Namco. Namcot was Namco and Data East. Which yeah. they get screwed because they only get a T from their T. name. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Daddy Data West. Well, we got I guess we gotta look that up at some time in the future. But Data West released the game called R A Y X A N B E R, which I had in nineteen ninety one for the PC engine. Or as I, everyone called it, Raisin Bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about the ESP and Rod um, If you like shooters, this is the one game that will make you purchase an X-Arcade controller and mm-hmm. a monitor you can turn sideways. Because, to me, it's one of the best bullet hell games that I, I've ever played. And even though Esparade has all the same tropes of a bullet hell. It really conveys a dynamic superhero feel to me. Yeah. I'll let everybody else talk, but I just got to get this out because I love this fucking game. I like shooters, and I like shooters where you're humanoid. Even if you're riding a broom or a flying gizmo or something like that, I like when you see a person actually flying around. I also like that this is a title that's very low ground. One of the levels, you're even like in this open mall with a food court. (laughs) And you not only shoot the familiar ground and air vehicles, but you murder the human enemies that are on the ground and they just lay there dead like snow angels. And then some of the ships that you blow up, you blow up a certain section of them, people go flying out to the ground. The weird thing is this game, I don't know if any of you have ever seen that film Chronicle. About the kids who get like psychic superpowers and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did watch that. Wasn't crazy Uh, about it. That happened with a crater first yeah they felt yeah. like a, a gimmick in the ground right on uh, right on powers but that's what this reminded me of in a weird way you know because yeah, you, you go flying mm-hmm. and they're flying around and they're killing peter pan killing people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have three characters to choose from yusuke sagami jd fifth mm-hmm. also called five man on the neo geo laugh 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 because of Eighth Man called Eight Man on the news. Yes, I remember and Nine Man. man. I don't, uh, is he Eight Man or the Eighth Man? He's Eighth Super Robot, so he's Eighth Man. And what he's like? What was it again? On the Neo Geo, Hitler spelled backwards. To, to, no, robot. Robot spelled backwards. 
I would say something else, but I don't feel like bleeping in the middle of this show. Uh, <laughs> so he's called Five Man on the Neo Geo. And then there's Irony, <laughs> Irony Mimasaka, also called Macaroni Mini Salad on the Neo Geo. <laughs> now, why would you want to play, guys, why would you want to play as each character on this particular game? Because they're all have different shots. But they all start different, too. And they all have different attitudes, and it's a different game. I had to pick JD, whatever his name was, just because of the sass. JD Fifth. Yeah. yeah just he like didn't the, care. The, just such a sassy character when yeah. you, you move over to him. Like, the hands on the hips and all that. And, and the time of right out. And it's portrayed in his version of the field. Now, I don't blame you that you didn't know that this had three different types of experiences, but that's really unique to this title. So I ask you to go back to this game. Yeah. Even if, if Rusty yeah, see, I like played it. through two-player <laughs> okay. with JB Fifth, and okay. Kimberly played with the little girl, Aroni. Uh-huh. So That'd be interesting to know what, I guess it would be player one's stage. But Irony, you would notice right away that she cares about protecting people. She's a high school student. And one of the parts that I love about it, and as you mentioned, uh, that movie, Continuum. I can never remember the name of that movie. Chronicle. Chronicle. At the beginning, you're just standing there, and then all of a sudden you just jump off the cliff and you're flying around. I told you how I feel about flying. That that's enough for me. Now these guys shoot bullets all you know out of themselves and all different types of guns and stuff like that. But just the whole flying aspect really when you take off, I got that feeling. You don't get that in Superman. Just <laughs> floating there in the same position. Although this is one of the most hellish of crazy shooter bullet mm. hells, it is a traversable game. Although the patterns are very diverse in succession, you can pocket them using the bullet hell bump. And that's why I say you need a good joystick for this because in order for you to just give it the little bump, and it has to be a self-centering joystick. Yeah. That's how you can navigate these waves of bullets. Now, most people just getting into these games are going to hit the crapper right away. But I did not want to put more credits into this title. I wanted to get through as much of the level as I could on my three hearts. Originally, I was playing with a... Uh xbox 360 equivalent for mm. the pc and i was using the analog stick oh, as, yeah. as the joystick and then i was noticing that if i was able to be a little more precise with my control movement i could traverse the game better so oh. i actually went to the d-pad i do have the x arcade stick mm -hmm. thanks to you <laughs> but i didn't want to break that out so I, I what i did was i mapped everything to the d-pad and then i found that while the game is still incredibly difficult oh yeah because i was able just to do a quick tap it's so small of a movement you have to do to get it out of the way of these bullets, and it does. It, it, if you have better controls, the game is a lot more enjoyable. What did you think of it, John? I know that you like uh, shooters a lot. Oh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this game. I think they call them Twitch shooters in Japan, as well as Bullet Hell games. And that's Originally, it was called Maniac or something like that. Yeah, Crazy uh, Maniac. Manic Shooter. That's it, that's it. I remember reading about these games when I was younger, and games like Warzard and stuff like that. Uh, and just like being fascinated by them because they never come to the arcades near where I lived. Sure. So if they did come out at home, they were, you know, like Goldust, like you couldn't really, uh, they weren't common basically. And uh, so it's really cool now with emulators and emulation and everything being the way it is that people can get to touch with these games. 
the thing is, well, like it's a great gameplay experience, but there's multiple levels to it. Like, I genuinely feel that when they made games like this, they made them to be as much watched as played. Mm. And, and you know because yeah. when you're playing you're concentrating on the patterns in your enemies and stuff like that but when you step back and just watch someone else play a game like this like the backgrounds are outstanding oh yeah like, just, the backgrounds are art in themselves you and know? the diversity of the characters as well i love everything about this game the mechs the ground people the other people that are flying around by themselves they're flying next to spaceships that are trying to kill you there's mm-hmm. people on hover bikes there's and- a lot of great choices with the Man art direction of this game because they kind of held back a little bit or at least I perceived it that way as far as using effects so that way when the effects were Mm. used it actually had a bigger impact on you because when I first started playing I saw a lot of mechs I saw a lot of flying machines saw a lot of tanks the artwork was satisfying but at first I felt like okay well I've seen this before but then when you get into some of the like the predator modes of the mech where it's invisible but you have that predator (laughs) haze around it or towards the end with the final boss where she flaps out these wings that are um, translucent, almost, uh, I could describe them as holograms. When those effects come in, because of the restraint of the art direction, it has a bigger impact while you're playing. And I really appreciated that. Can you talk about just bosses and stuff? I believe it's in the first or second level that you're just flying over the area and there's just these like kids hanging out. <laughs> Yeah, on the roof of a building, and they see you coming, and they all fly up there to fight you. I just thought that was so cool. And I could see that being more like Chronicle as well. And let's talk about the play mechanics as well. You you have uh, A, B, and C buttons. They even did something different on these. Like your A is, of course, the the rapid shot, the least powerful of shots. But what's very interesting is that now you can keep the A held down with your one finger. But you can activate the B button, which is a little bit more powerful shot, and but it's uh, more targeted, without letting go of the A. And you can even hit down your C, which is a charge shield that lets out giant giga blasts. But you right. never have to take your hand off that A, and that helped that you don't have to switch weapons, really. You just hit the other buttons, and they go. I really yeah. like the giga shield, especially with two-player. One person would do the giga shield, ah. and the other person would hide behind that shield. And then, because any Anything that touches the shield would be destroyed, including bullets. Very helpful. Uh, yeah. It would change those bullets into the P blocks or that other orange block, which I'm not. Maybe you guys know. I'm not exactly sure what that orange block was doing when I was collecting it, either. but the green P blocks add more power to your regular shot. So the person in the Giga Shield would collect some of that, mm-hmm. and then the person behind that Giga Shield would collect that as well. So we were essentially powering each other up, and there was just this nice symbiotic relationship happening uh, that was a little more diverse than your typical two-player shooter. I always enjoy when shooter games do stuff like that. Like we were talking earlier about um, Sexy Parodius. Yes. And when you kind of tag up your ships, like they form another little shot in between. Mm -hmm. Right. And this game, I found like the shield balanced it out. Because you could take turns of letting other people's power up because eventually it gets depleted and it'll automatically fire by itself no matter how long you're holding it down to, to make a shot. I think those red crates help fill up some of that or they might just be points. But this was one of the first games I was actually able to collect those huge numbers of the blue or the, or the red things. 
Normally, I'm horrible at those postage stamps <laughs> that fall out of stuff. Yeah. But I actually was able to get a lot of them, even by strafing. I could even get ones that were almost in the same line. So that was kind of neat. Well, I believe the big guys, the big peas, would bounce when oh, yeah. they went to and the bottom nice. of the screen. So that's very helpful. Yeah. 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 It's very difficult to the uninitiated as well as skilled players. But to me, the payoff of defeating a boss without losing a heart was an incredible accomplishment, very satisfying. And it was as satisfying as completing a level of Super Meat Boy, which I'm wearing a shirt today. Super Meat Boy shirt paid in full for my services. (laughs) That and two stickers. All right. But it's as comparable to playing Super Meat Boy, getting through a level without dying once, you know. I think even more gratifying because this game's so hard. It's very difficult. And hey, if you're a fan of EDM, this soundtrack's going to be your jam because there's a lot of that in this. That's another part I forgot, you know, I, I, I failed to mention. I just like so much about it, and I'll play this over and over. Now, when you say there's fun. three different experiences, are you speaking of just the interludes between each stage? No, or- you, when you're sell it, girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, uh, you start out like in a mall, and you're protecting wow. a human okay. that gets blasted. Now, I don't know, because I, I didn't get far enough with other characters. I don't know if, you know, some of the stages repeat or whatever, but from the beginning, you're starting out in completely different places. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But and regardless of that, the game is definitely worth playing through a couple times, and it's a lot of fun with two players. And the girl also has different types of shot patterns to avoid. I find her to be very difficult, but the interludes are a bit different they ha- still have the same flash of different photos of the characters, yep. but the story will be a little different. Even though they say some of the same things. Like, yeah, what are, I don't what know are why we this fighting for? Right, exactly. <laughs> but she starts out with like saying something about her high school. But then she says, I don't know what we're fighting for. So it's all sort of She's the like, same Do I goal. have to go back to the hell again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, the game is very polite about all that because you are dying a lot. And it goes, please continue. Because I imagine if you're paying real money, you'd need that please in there. As far as I know, you can't switch characters between continues, and that's probably because of the different paths that the game takes. Right. Yeah, I was wondering about that, actually, because I only played through as JD, whatever, Clouser. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm going to call JD Clouser, and he's going to love that. (laughs) <laughs> I just wrote down one of the tracks on your album. It is. JD, but, uh, <laughs> you know what? He was on He was on an episode of Rescue 911. Okay. Remember this? With William Shatner hosted it. I do remember that, okay. actually. It was on Sky One over here. Oh, very good. Very good. And he was on the back of the truck, the 911 truck, and he fell off. <laughs> and he had a traumatic brain injury, which is not funny whatsoever. <laughs> he, was, anyway. he was never the same again, but... That is called irony because you're on the back of a truck for a television show called Rescue 911 and you need to get 911. Wait, wait, wait. I thought the the situation that he was recreating had somebody fall off the back of a truck. No. So this legitimately happened to him? Yes. It's fucking horrible. He's never been the same. Oh my god. I know it's horrible. Well, now you're just depressing me. Well, yeah, but you can't help but well, I mean, he, he's, 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 wait, wait, let me, let me just, let me back up a little bit. He didn't get, he didn't get, you know, turned into a zombie. He's still him, but he's just a little tense different. 
Wow. And that's why I have those crash, giant crash symbols out of nowhere. That's him falling off the truck. You're a jerk. I don't think I am. <laughs> I know you don't. I think love so. JD. JD is one of my <laughs> favorite. Ever. J, he's not, JD gave me my first laser vision laser disc of the Blues Brothers. So I have a tie to JD, but the situation is just so ironic that I can't help but talk about it. And well, J.B. Fifth's uh, code name for his mission is Black Peter Pan. <laughs> Going full circle back to the Peter Pan discussion. Really? Yeah, really. Wow. I can't remember even what I was saying about him. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to pick the other two, and I couldn't. And, uh, no, right, can't. right. Yeah. Okay. And now here's T.T. Schmootkins with next week's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Arcade Weekly, Arcade Game Audio Clue. Hello, I am Titty Scrootkins. Here is next week's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Arcade Weekly, Arcade Game Audio Clue. May the gods guide you in your quest to save Good luck, dudes. What's our next week's clue? And let's all say our clue together. Ready? One, two, three. Baby I, God I, died for you. Church of Satan. Oh. I'm the bard. Yeah. <laughs> We're supposed... Now, we're all supposed to say, baby, God died for you. Uh, I, okay. Well, no, we won't do it now. You blew it. Yeah. You fucking told me. Yeah, Don't you think, helped. isn't that the thing that stuck out the most? No. Okay. Well, okay. What did you say, Kyle? Because I couldn't hear you. We're all going to be indoctrinated into the Church of Satan. Ah, we will. <laughs> after playing this game. Yeah. They force us to. Yeah. I don't know why they do that. And and you said you're the bard? Yes. <laughs> that one. A game that uses a font that makes an L look like a Z for some reason. <laughs> it does. That's a dead giveaway. If you don't know what game it is, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> hey, everybody. Don't forget about GiantMediaBall.com. More and more other podcast shows and podcast producers are joining in. We have so much Wiggly's Book Club. We're asking the, the video game millionaires from We Talk Games different questions. Don't forget to send in your questions to at We Talk Games on, on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, Don't send them to Stinky. Although you will be... T- Stinky is actually running Giant Media Ball. Why? If you write to Stinky at Giant... Because- He's got to do something. To, you know, he owns everything. He should do something. What about something. that movie? He's got to wrap that movie up. The movie, he told me it's coming out soon. All right. Yeah. He actually responds, and then you might know this, John. I don't know if Spud got in touch with you, but he had to talk to Stinky quite a lot. And Stinky on Twitter, because he ran out of the characters you're allotted for your description, yeah. he says that he's going to get back to you with the details, but... Because he ran out of characters, it says he'll get back to you with the D. <laughs> oh. yeah. And speaking I'm about sure. hashtags, our We Talk Game fans are now called hashtag WTGF. Yeah, that might be something. <laughs> Which I loved. <laughs> I love it. If you listen to the show, put that hashtag down. You might be surprised <laughs> to find <laughs> some other WTGF fans. They want to meet you <laughs> indiscriminately. 
All right. So GiantMediaBall.com, of course, we're still in the We Talk Games feed, but subscribe to the GiantMediaBall.com feed because you get to experience more shows exclusive to Giant Media Ball and also some of our friends and things that we like and even one that's a fucking pro wrestling podcast. You know, I fart on it too. I tell pro wrestling fans that they are deficient in brain matter. <laughs> and, but I built my career upon this audience and this family, and they still are my family. I'm never going to take that away. I might make fun, but I'm not making fun of those people. No. And Jesus Christ, I was just on an episode of fucking the 400th episode of Chikara Podcast, the Go Go. That's Speaking of go-go, we got a go-go. It's still a thing. <laughs> That's going to get cut. No, it won't. I won't even bleep that one, although the bleeps were hilarious. Okay, everybody. Until next time. Next week, it'll be. Unless I die. Bye. Worship the Dark Lord. Cancel the show because Stonefold. Yes, that. Wow, Stonefold. <laughs> that yes. would cancel the show. And that's the laundry line. Because <laughs> Stonefold said so. Goddamn. Oh my god. <laughs> that's one of my new favorite characters, Stonefold. Why do you have little Ray Ray folded 30 times? <laughs> I ain't got no damn clothespins left, son. <laughs> and I'll catch your ass down the line. I'll hang your ass down the line. I'm talking about these pants. Oh, God. Uh, I need to float more lines. I'll hang your pants down the line. Dude, maybe he should have done Mike Awesome's laundry for him. Oh, <laughs> oh,